Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden, and here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, here we are in a brand new year, and we're excited about that, both as a church and as we think about our individual walk with the Lord. And one of the things we do in this congregation every beginning of the year is we introduce a theme for the year. And the theme is more than just a catchphrase or something we kind of just kind of say once or twice, and then by March it's forgotten completely. But this this becomes the lifeblood of us. We just start saying this and preaching it and teaching it. And in a lot of ways, the way we have developed it here, uh, all of our home folks here understand that they get a booklet the very first uh, Sunday of the year or the last Sunday of December, and we just kind of walk through that booklet. And our theme becomes really the backbone of the congregation, Everything we do is connected to that theme, kind of like all of our ribs are connected to our spine. And so when we think about a VBS, it's connected to that theme. We think about what adult classes we're teaching, connected to that theme. We offer a summer series here. It's connected to that theme. And so uh, that that theme becomes part of our culture, part of our DNA. And and in, in the process of that, it affects our thinking and how we look at things. Last year, our theme was finish what was started. And our folks heard that over and over. We preached it this way, that way, and every way you can preach it. <laughs> but that was kind of what we were driving at. We have had other great themes, such as I am his and he is mine from one of our hymns. We had the theme of heaven bound, which really got that destination before us. Earlier themes was such as life the way it was meant to be. But for 2024, we've chosen the theme of bringing the best. Uh, we believe that God is the best. Uh, we don't have to spend much time with a Bible open to figure that out. Uh, Isaiah would say in a couple of different places, to whom will you compare me to? There, there's no one you compare to God. Uh, and God always brings the best. And so when we think about God is the best, uh, we need to bring our best to him. And so that has been the theme for this year. And again, everything we're doing kind of wraps around that. Uh, Jason, why is it so pivotal for a congregation to have a theme? Well, it it is a focal point. It is so easy as a year unfolds to get distracted, to get lost in the weeds, um, to just become... I, distracted to the point where you're just floating. Uh, we talked in our Wednesday conversation just a couple of days ago how easy it is to just get lulled to sleep in the day by day, week by week, even as a, a local congregation habits and habits are very, very good things. But you brought up Isaiah. I, there are passages all over Isaiah and the prophets where the people were going through the motions, even religiously, but their hearts were far from God. I think themes, maybe that's the clearest way I would put it. They, they strike a chord of our hearts, right? They're, they're more than just a, a mental phrase that we memorize, but they touch us at a deeper level and remind us of things that really matter. I mean, our theme last year, finish 
what was started was loaded with so much context from the Bible, so much emotion as we think about people who have come before us. In many ways, we are standing on the shoulders of people who have come before us. We are are handling a baton that was carried in this race of life by people before us. The more that you reflect on that phrase, the more you realize this is this is not just an empty religious ideal, this is a a matter of the heart and the same sort of thing here with bringing the best. It has the power to tap into our imaginations, but also to, to really fill us, I hope, with zeal to do what God has empowered us to do. You know, and I love to hear some of our brethren in their prayers, just dropping some of these oh, things. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're trying to necessarily connect us to the past, but it's just become part of our culture, of our DNA. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard this past year multiple times in prayers, people talk about finish what was started, or, or even I'm heaven bound, or life the way it's meant to be. I mean, th- those are some of our great themes we've mm-hmm. had in the past. And I, I expect before too long, people are going to be saying, we need to bring our best. Yeah. We just need to bring our best. Well, a good example of that DNA is how for years you have referred to Sunday as the best day of the week. That has rubbed off on me for the good. And you hear that as young men get us, get up and welcome us on Sunday mornings. We hear that in prayers. It is things like that that make a difference in the culture of a local church. And you'll sprinkle throughout the Bible. Now, God never really puts out themes, but there's little phrases, little verses, just three or four words here or there, and they just stay with you. And they become sermon titles sometimes and topics, and they're just great reminders for that. So having said all that, we're going to launch this month as we kick off this new theme, bringing the best. We want to talk about bringing the best. And behind all that is the idea of improvement, uh, being diligent and improving ourselves. And so this month, we're going, to, we're going to begin by talking about different ways we can improve ourselves. Now, before we kind of announce the topic for today and coming days, uh, let's, first of all, how do you deal with the idea that the Bible is nothing more than a self-help book? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, if I was the major character of the Bible, then maybe that would be a little more fitting. But from page one to the very last page, if I'm paying attention, it becomes abundantly clear I am not the major character here, and there is no mere human being who is. The The tricky thing about self-help approaches is it makes me the hero, it makes me the focal point, it is all about self, right? And, and the impact that maybe self can have on others, but you pick up just about any New York Times bestseller in the self-help section, and it's not going to run very far beyond myself. Whereas the Bible, in no uncertain terms, paints God as the hero, the focal point, the reason, the best of everything, and calls all of us 
to orient our lives around him. Yeah, and, and here's my my take on this. You know, as you said, self-help books are about self. I'm going to help myself. Well, self is what got me into trouble in the first place. <laughs> well said. <laughs> and that's and so so the Bible's not a self-help book, it's a divine help book. And and then the second thing, self-help books kind of revolve around this idea that it's all within me. Yeah. Within me, I can come up with all the answers. Within me, I can be a better me. And and really what the Bible shows us is it's not in me. I need help from above. I need God's guidance. And so so the Bible is not really to be looked at as a nothing more than a self-help book. It's it's a divine book of God to get us going where He wants us to go, and and self help books has have a place, but a lot of times they get in our way because they keep us from God. So what? So in this series this month, we're going to be talking about getting better. Uh, again, back to our theme of bringing out the best, bringing God the best, and what we want to talk about today is our attitude. How can I improve our attitude? We live in a very complaining, negative, angry, I mean, the words are just everywhere, society. Uh, common terms are toxic co-workers and dysfunctional family, and you turn on the news, and about five minutes into it, you turn it off because it's just nothing but bad news. And so all that stuff is around us. It reminds me of the little Charlie Brown character of uh, the boy who, who – what was his name? Linus, no, maybe? No, um, Pigpen. Pigpen. Pigpen, there you go. Pigpen, that's him. <laughs> I lost my thought there. And, and old Pigpen, he always had this cloud of dust oh, yes. around him, yes, you know? Yes. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how our times are. It's just everything seems to be dark and negative and wrong and complaining. And we know that's not the spirit God wants us to have. And so how can I – improve my attitude. And so let's kind of talk about that here for a minute. I want to go ahead, Jason. No, I was just going to say that that is the stuff of wisdom, right? Thinking down the line. I I have heard more than one person as we head into 2024, uh, person, people that I respect, people that I think are on to something, talking about how difficult the year 2024 could be in the history of our country. We understand that this is an election year, and in recent years, election years have not been the most peaceful or pleasant experiences to live through. There are a number of people anticipating this being a challenging year for all citizens of the United States. Disciples of Jesus are not immune, and so wisdom looks down the line, even at things that I I can't change or control all on my own, and thinks, okay, if there are choppy waters ahead, I'm going to think ahead about who I am and whose I am and how I'm going to meet those choppy waters to the best of my ability, bringing the best. I, I just wanted to interject. I, I think this is a very wise approach to look down river, downstream and think, okay, what might be on the horizon? Yeah. I mean, there, there seems like we're getting, uh, beyond our little toe, our big foot into the a war and Israel and places around that. And 
by the year or sin. Who knows? We may be full-fledged into a war. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, dark clouds are around us everywhere. And it's just real easy for that to set the sail of how my spirit's going to be. Yeah. And so when we think about attitude, attitude is how we look at ourselves, how we look at others, how we look at life. And, and oftentimes our insides shape our outsides. And that's why we want to begin with the spirit of attitude. How can I improve my attitude? And, and I think one of the first places I look at in the scriptures is in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the last two verses, 31 32, the apostle says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. I mean, we could just stop there and say, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the, that's my world. Okay. Let all those things be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Now in verse 31, when he puts that little phrase, let them all be put away from you. How we do that? Yeah. Well, what immediately comes to my mind, I just wrapped up teaching a class on Sundays. You can see the videos of those at charlestownroad.org. It was just called Living as Citizens of Heaven. And we surveyed Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and the little letter to Philemon. And as you think or ask, how, how can I do this? What just immediately comes back to my mind is Colossians chapter three. I, I would encourage anyone who is thinking about growing and improving in their attitude to spend some time seriously reading and reflecting and praying through Colossians 3. I won't reteach the class here, but let me just highlight a couple of the things that I brought out. Number one comes from verse one. I need to be raised with Christ. I mean, this is the difference between a self-help book and the Bible, right? A self-help book would say, well, how can I improve my attitude? And it would start talking about me. That is not where Colossians 3 begins. It begins by calling me to be raised with Christ. Well, what what exactly does that mean? Uh, there needs to be a death. Verse 5 of Colossians 3, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? And it's going to sound very similar to what you read in Ephesians 4. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. He brings up anger and wrath and malice and slander, obscene talk, lying. Those are the things that I I don't just need to put in a box and walk away from and hope they stay in. I've got to get violent against those things. I've got to put those things to death. I've got to put on other things that he starts talking about in verse 12. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. I love how he really summarizes all of this in verse 2 by calling us to set our minds on things that are above. Or in verse 1, 
seek the things that are above. I know there's a lot of bullet points there, but the power of Colossians 3 is if I've been raised with Christ, if I'm seeking things that are above, if I'm setting my mind on things above, if I'm putting to death what is earthly in me and putting on as this holy, beloved child of God, these better things, you listen to the promise in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Roger, that's the inside that you were talking about having an impact on the outside that people see. Absolutely. You know, I, I wrote an article, it's coming out here pretty soon. A long, long time ago, uh, in cemeteries, there used to be little bells placed above the grave. And attached to that bell was a string that would go underground. And that string would go inside the casket. And there was a great fear a long, long time ago that some people were being buried alive. Well, you're in a coma, and they don't know if you're alive or dead. They go ahead and bury you, and then you come to, and you're buried. Ring the bell. Ring the bell. (laughs) And the thing is, as you've just looked at in the book of Colossians, I wonder if in a lot of ways we have not killed the old man. Mm. We've kept him alive. And so there's a sense of that which we need to see. So as we we focus on this idea of bringing the best, and we're, we're looking at my attitude, First of all, what does a wrong attitude toward God look like? Well, there are lots of ways you could summarize that. I'm going to circle back to where we started this uh, conversation and just use the word self. I I mean, when it is more of self than him, self before him, that is the ugly spring from which all sorts of things are going to flow. Things that dishonor him, things that put me and what I want ahead of him. But it sure does seem to me like the the root of it all is self. Absolutely. And so as we think about our attitudes, what are some things that impacts or shapes our attitude? I mean, you've talked about we need to think about things above, but here's a guy who's on his way to work, and he knows as soon as he walks in those office doors, it's just going to get bombarded with all this negativity and all this gossip. And so it's just real easy just to conform to what's around us. So how do we deal with that? Yeah, you you used the phrase just a few minutes ago, uh, the idea of setting your sail, right? And there are Far too many human beings, sometimes myself included, that allow my sail to be set by just the blowing winds of the circumstances around me. So I walk into work and someone is in a bad mood. Well, that's going to put me in a bad mood. I I come home after a long day of work and my spouse is in a rotten attitude. Well, that's going to make my attitude rotten and maybe more rotten than hers to make a point that she shouldn't have had a rotten attitude in in the first place. Or, uh, you know, everything is great, but my kids are in a crazy sort of mood. And so that's going to allow my mood to get more crazy, more loud and that doesn't draw us in the right direction, right? That just adds to the chaos, that adds to the crazy, it it adds to the sort of things that we heard in Colossians chapter 3 that need to be put aside. 
Whereas if I'm not just reacting to the blowing winds around me, but I have that sail set on how would Jesus the best have me to live in this moment, regardless of the waves and the wind, it sure does seem to me that that frame of mind is absolutely key to everything. Absolutely. And, and I want to share two two phrases here from our Ephesians 4 passage where we began, and they both use the word be. Mm-hmm. And, and then you think about two bees flying around. These are two bees. And I encourage you when you get back home to circle these in your Bible. But he says in verse 31, after saying, talking about bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, let them all be put away from you. That's yeah. a choice. And then 32 begins, be kind to one another. That's a choice. And so when when all around me is like a mud pit of negativity, I don't have to be like that. It's my choice. I can put that away from me, and in spite of what everyone else is saying, I can be kind. I can be just like Jesus. I can be tenderhearted. I can be forgiving. And so the attitude is choice. And so how I improve my attitude is, number one, I've got to fill it with good examples. Uh, first and foremost is Jesus Christ. As you walk through the Gospels and you see him in Samaria and you see him talking to a, a tax collector up in a tree and you see him with Pharisees and you see him with all kinds of people and you notice that Jesus was always kind. And you understand that was an attitude. That's a choice. Sometimes people didn't agree with them. Sometimes people didn't accept that. But that was the choice of Jesus. That's where it begins. And then you surround yourself with positive things that's going to help you. Uh, here at our congregations, we put out a daily quick quote. It's just a, a, a few words, just a little sentence. It's just a little positive thing. But you think about that quote, and you build upon that quote. And and so you, you make it your effort to keep that dirt outside. It's like your house. You shut the door. You sweep your house. The dirt stays on the outside, not on the inside. You're trying to keep all the dirt from coming inside your heart and your mind, and you do that by sweeping it daily and keeping those things out. You know, Roger, in our Wednesday conversation just a couple of days ago, we spent some time talking about what living with mediocrity looks like, and one of those things was always having an excuse ready. And what I hear you saying is there's no no room for excuses if I really want to bring the best. Right. And, you know, when somebody says, I can't help it, no, God's smarter than you are, and God says you can't help yeah. it. And yeah. when someone says, well, that's just the way I was raised, wrong. You can be changed. You can change, <laughs> and that's what God said. So so when, when I get my attitude better, I improve my attitude, it's going to change the way I see myself. I'm going to be more humble, talking less about myself, listening and more involved with the lives of others. And, and life is going to be viewed differently when my attitude changes. I don't feel like I'm always the victim. I'm always cheated. I'm always left out. And, you know, I, you know, woe is me concept. I'm going to understand that God's been good to me. And I'm going to be gracious. And I'm going to let my light shine to others. And that spirit is going to affect the choices I make, how I treat other people. Getting better in 2024. That is what we're calling this Friday series. And Roger, I, I know a few better 
ways to spin January because we really do believe anyone can get better. And maybe that would be a good note on which to end. If if someone is driving around here on Friday, they're, they're getting back into the swing of things and they just really had a, a tough, tough, tough 2023. And maybe a lot of it was self-inflicted and, and they had the opportunity to call you up and say, you know, I just listened to the podcast do you really believe I can get better in 2024? What would you tell them? Absolutely. A hundred percent. And it's going to take some work. It's going to take a little effort. It's not going to be a pixie dust falling from heaven. But if you make that your determination and you start with that attitude and that spirit, don't live the whole year in one day. Just get through today. Start making some goals for this week. And number one, you need to be in worship on Sunday because that's going to make a major Mm. difference in your life. Praise your Lord and honor him and follow him. And those are going to make some big changes as you walk through this life. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for helping us get this new theme for a new month of a new year kicked off. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound Podcast. We hope our conversation has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. We're excited for the year to come. We encourage you to always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.